Hey guys, welcome to the first edition of Tech Point Africa podcast in 2021. Welcome guys. My name is Muiwa. My name is Oluwani Femi. I'm Emmanuel. How are you guys doing? It's 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 been quite a year. Has it? Yeah. Yeah. So many things yeah, have happened. In the, in just the just 21 days. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And it's good to be back. I I know some of our listeners probably missed us. We missed you too. Those ones that didn't miss us we were, were you looking too. at you too. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, well, yeah, it's been an interesting year so far. So, so much has happened. But first of all, have you guys, do you guys I, have your name? I don't. Uh, do you have I your don't. national ID? <laughs> I used uh, to have. Uh, you don't? How about you, Femi? <laughs> used to have. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. I registered sometimes in 2014. I had the slip. Then I changed it to a card. Then my card got missing. Then I can't find my slip again. Then I can't retrieve with the 346 ash. I guess. So, I don't have a NIN. Because it's telling me that there's no NIN attached to my phone number. I'm just surprised. So, there are millions of, there are tens of millions of people like me, Femi. Yeah, there's a deadline. February 4, if I'm not mistaken. Or is it the beginning of February? And there's COVID outside. So, uh, it's it's not clear. People are confused. Like, what does the government want? What's the priority? To save people's lives? Or, or... to get people to register? Uh, I mean, of course, yes, like since last year, February, that's when they actually announced, most people didn't pay attention. They announced the deadline for December and then it seems like it was just like a last minute thing, like they forgot about it. Maybe because just after that is when the Be- lockdown started uh, and pandemic. On on a second thought, I don't know if um, is that, um, what's it called, directive that was given in February 2020. Because one thing that I noticed that changed yeah. was that in that directive given, you are not allowed to have more than three SIMs. And that is what the registration oh, was okay. centered around. Apart from the fact that they want to do a centralized mm-hmm. database. He said you must not have more than three SIMs. Mm-hmm. But now you can, you are allowed to register up to seven SIM cards. Um, yeah, via the, the app. Mobile number, yes, yeah. via the app. So I'm thinking that the one that just suddenly came up around December was maybe an afterthought because there was nothing that was at least maybe in the middle of the year you'd have mentioned something about it or the first quarter or the second quarter. Mm-hmm. It was radio silence and it just came up suddenly. And I don't think they were even referring to the the initial rule that was given. So I think this is just like out of the blues. Just register, link your phone mm. numbers with Nin and if you can't do it, your, your SIM got well, we'll, we get We'll be watching it closely to see what goes on. Right, and closely. Let, let's get on to the stuff for, for today. Today is going to be a very long episode. I mean, it's been brace month, yourself, week, guys. So it's been week, so yeah. we, we have so <laughs> much to update you about. Yeah, right. uh, okay, so let's start with the one that everybody's just everybody's crying about, and people are migrating from one platform to another. Uh, WhatsApp. So, WhatsApp, like in the beginning of the year, like like saying, like greeting us happening, you're saying, um, you that you that accept it seems like they, they you either accept that will spy on you or get out of our platform. That's what it looks like. That's uh, how it was received. Is that <laughs> right. what happened really? Anything? Yeah, okay. So they've given this um, like notification since December, right? They just said, we are giving an upgrade to our policy mm-hmm. and if you do not accept, we have to chase you out of WhatsApp by February 8th, right? Okay, so um, that is the vibe that most people got. Like, oh, they are bringing Facebook stuff into WhatsApp. Everybody gets scared. Everybody run for your life. 
But <laughs> sharing data with Facebook, like sharing yes. all your private data with mm. Facebook. Yeah. With Facebook, mm. yes. So the thing is, um, I think since 2016, WhatsApp, Instagram, WhatsApp, um, Facebook Messenger and Facebook have all been integrated into one, let's say, system or infrastructure as WhatsApp, as Facebook family apps. So this is just like mm-hmm. a notification that there can be sharing of information between all these Facebook um, family which is already, apps, happening, which is already anyway. happening, right? So it's just full I disclosure. The mis- yes, full disclosure, mm-hmm. right? So I think a misconception that probably happened was people got the vibe that, like Muiwa said, that they will be sharing um, maybe uh, messages or media that you share with your friends or you share on groups. But that's not it. That's not it. Mm. Of which Facebook cannot technically cannot read your messages yes, because, because the messages uh, are, they are end-to-end end-to-end encrypted. encrypted. So encrypted. only your phone can read the message. The, only your right. phone, the, the only you the message was sent can read it. Mm-hmm. But so the, the, the information again, they can share is because there may be a backdoor that Facebook may have put it that we're not aware of. Mm-hmm. Right. Because don't be surprised if you are sh- chatting about shoes with someone and then you you go on Facebook and you see shoes. Very same shoe. Right. But I think the bigger picture here is what are mean, they sharing? We're migrating from uh, there to Telegram and Signal. The fact is, te- Telegram is not as private as people think. It's also not private. Mm-hmm. Yes, it doesn't collect as much data as um, WhatsApp, WhatsApp, but does. it's not. Signal, okay, maybe Signal is maybe we can trust it because one of the the major like the early investor is Brian from WhatsApp, acting, who was the co-founder of WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. And when WhatsApp was acquired by Facebook, he and his um, co-founder Jan. Um, joined and asked Mark Zuckerberg to promise them that he will not put ads. That they will not use it for And then ads. there were clashes of uh, philosophy. And so they left. And when he left, he went, he cashed out his money that he got from his Facebook stock and then used it to invest in Signal and started Signal. So yeah, maybe we can trust that it's a bit private. But the question now is, where are the people you want to chat with? Exactly. If you're a business, you build a contact list there. Mm-hmm. Like um, family members. We they follow you to wherever your it is you're just going to. Used to WhatsApp. Exactly. And then another another question is: Is it really a big deal that Facebook is revealing that WhatsApp is sharing those and the data because? We all use Google. We all use many other apps. Yeah, collect just as much, even of more data. Exactly. In fact, right? some of those apps they just link to your Google. You just when you log in with your Google account, they have everything. So, it's they have everything. Yes. So I think it's because of the noise that was made about it that got people triggered, because or the fact that some people don't actually know how much they are sharing with Google. Okay. And the thing is, the shocker is. This thing we are talking about with WhatsApp and Facebook, there are other apps that actually take a lot more data than they do. And those are the health apps. Mm-hmm. Talk about fitness apps, um, period tracker apps, ovulation tracker apps. They actually take a lot mm-hmm. of data than the, a normal app does. And right. we gladly give them because they are exactly. the caveat that they need it to predict um, well, they will ask you the last time you had your period, or the last time you had sex, yeah. and stuff like that. And you will gladly mm-hmm. give it to them because they, they will say that they need it for very prediction. Yes, very, very private info. And there has been cases in the past where this 
um, period trackers, for for instance, that they were they, they, um, they were alleged it was alleged that they shared private data with Facebook and Instagram, and they, they can't even defend themselves. There was even one on, with Strava that running app that runners and cyclists use. That there was a time that mm-hmm. um, the eat map the eat is it I think it's eat maps that uses GPS information to track people's activities to where you move around it, it has been leaked mm-hmm. and it is showing secret um, um military bases around the world mm-hmm. wow and they wow. have to mm-hmm. change the mm-hmm. yes so these people they, they can't really really assure you of the the data they are sharing so it, it's a matter of you just asking yourself when you see those kind of questions and ac- they're asking you for co- co- consent just ask do i really have can I let an outside person into this private part of my life? So if you cannot answer that question, you know, I, I don't think, think you should more, give them more, I think the actually more important question is, okay, there's a saying that goes, if you're not paying for it, you are the product. Mm. Right. So whether it's Facebook, WhatsApp, any of those apps, mm. right? Don't be surprised if the period, period tracker can can then predict when your next period is and then start showing you ads about sanitary parts. Mm. Right, right. But the, the, the bigger question is, if you really want privacy, don't be on the internet because that is how the internet is built inher- inherently. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Berners-Lee, the founder of the World Wide Web, uh, last year or two years ago when he came to Nigeria, he shared his thoughts about how he feels we need a new web because the current web is just not working for... <laughs> That's like, been compromised. It, it incentivizes... Uh, and not compromise like the, the way it has been built because you're all about growth and growth it's, it's devices, um what's it called now things like clickbait mm-hmm. and trying to drive revenue and engagement because that's what it costs the money so if you really want privacy the truth is you have to stay off the internet the question you ask yourself excuse me can you afford to stay off no. the internet <laughs> if not no. stop deceiving, stop no. deceiving yourself <laughs> that you are that you are by switching to but, but, but like, the thing is we trust some people more than others some people trust Google. See, this is the truth. <laughs> Let me tell you something. This is the truth. Even if you switch to Signal, as private as it is, your phone is still listening. Mm. You are using an Android phone. It is listening. An Android is run by the, Google. Google. It's listening. You use an iPhone. It's run so by Apple. Apple is listening. So just decide whether... <laughs> yeah, like for example, now, uh, w- before we started working remotely, right, mm-hmm. I... W- I Google already knew. Google asked me, okay, what days do you go to the office? What time do you need to get to the office? Mm-hmm. Google knows what time I have to get to the office every day. Right. So bef- by the time I check my phone in the morning, it tells me, okay, you need to leave in 30 minutes or you'll be late because there's traffic. Wow. So the question is, do I want that convenience? Yes, I do. At what cost? The price for that convenience is your privacy. <laughs> so you decide whether or not, if, if you want to go the old way and be tracking your period with paper and book, <laughs> do you know that it's less private than your app, do you know why it's less private? Someone can get mm. the book and see all those things. Meanwhile, your app, at least you still have a fingerprint lock, you still have a pin. You can use so, a notepad on your phone. Yeah, but that, that stuff Tim <laughs> Benazli was talking about, I think it's a bit idealistic because the very, very idea of the internet is of course. internet, like networks connected together all over the world. So, yeah, exactly. information everywhere. And, well... <laughs> should should, should uh, we yeah. now look away from the idealistic. issue of privacy? Uh, like completely disregarded. So it. I actually think privacy should be okay. The concerns of national security. That I think that's the only place 
uh people should be concerned about okay uh we terrorists come mm. and get information mm-hmm. about the basis for our nuclear facilities our weapons bases but mm-hmm. everyday life i don't know i don't know if, if it's just an illusion or a myth according to yenka <laughs> from his uh, story in 2018 So <laughs> yeah yeah it says um that we'll put a link to that to that it says data Facebook, privacy is in Facebook, Facebook is yeah. just <laughs> right prophet Inca, that was just that was two years ago he wrote that hmm. so th- that's just the truth see the truth is if you really really want privacy that you think you want and it can be argued it can be argued like i said that even your phone gives you more privacy so for example whether you're you journal on your phone If you're journaling in a book, there's a likelihood that people can get to it mm-hmm. unless you have it in a safe. Mm-hmm. But you journal on your phone, they need to know your pin, they need to know. So the question is, who do you trust more? The company, the company that built the app you're using to journal that syncs it on their server. Oh, Or shit. the people around you that you don't want to know everything. <laughs> But this one is <laughs> nah, like, uh, is this choose, not the case of the devil choose. you know and the devil you don't know? <laughs> exactly. Damn if you do, the, the damn if you, know. you don't. I mean, see, the, tr- the truth is, unless you are Edward Snowden or someone that is doing something revolutionist against the government, right? I'm not, again, of course, it can be anybody. To be honest, it's like a lottery. But the truth is, maybe you don't have much to worry about if it is Google that has your journal on their servers, mm-hmm. as opposed to you have it in a book and you live in a flat with people. <laughs> <in the process. laughs> maybe I don't know. I don't know. So me, I'm still using WhatsApp. I, I don't care. I, I, I don't I, I, most of the people I chat with are not on Telegram so I'm not moving anyway uh, most of the people that even moved you'll be surprised they will still go back to WhatsApp or they are still using it so I don't know what the I don't know what all the out- outrage is yeah, about I don't, I don't, I don't even know what to feel you'll be following the news that is why Jan, Jan and Brian of WhatsApp left Facebook in 2000 is it 19 or 18 like five years after they were acquired they just um, Jan waited until is stuck in Facebook vested and he cashed it out billions of dollars. Mm. But uh, Brian left like a year or two before he vested. He just took the money he had like 50 million or whatever. Uh, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to start signal. Yeah. So anyway, let's move away from all of that. Talking about social media, one thing we take for granted now, we're, we're arguing about privacy. Oh, I want to move from WhatsApp. I want to go to Signal. I want to go to Telegram. But if, I, if you're in Uganda, you can't even use these things. Because you can't even do any of that. Now. Yeah, no, no. Uh, Uganda is just, <laughs> just <laughs> crazy. So, yeah. With the I, election and... Yeah, so I think it was January 11th, a few days before the parliamentary and presidential election in Uganda. So I think Facebook sh- uh, shut mm-hmm. down the accounts of uh, top Ugandan officials. So I think they said they violated some of mm-hmm. their policies and all of that. So then the government of Uganda said, oh, this is tech colonialism, that uh, the oppression... Of the <laughs> early 1900s is now on the internet and all of that, but I I, I think it's very very ironic because a few days later they themselves shut down the internet, uh, shut down social media platforms. Right. Yeah. So Kets, like Kets people because are complaining. So that the youth were, were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a case of uh, you wearing Museveni. I hope I got that correctly. And Bobby Wine. So you worry Museveni has been yeah. dead for oh my god how many years has he been dead? Thirty-five uh, years. Thirty. Thirty-five. Thirty-five years. Thirty-five years. He came in as a military, I think, military ruler before he became a democratic ruler or something. Wow. Very very. Crazy. I wasn't even born then. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, they said. Uh, the, Bobby Wine, Bobby Wine, Bobby Wine wasn't born too, if I'm not mistaken. No, Bobby Wine was, was no, Bobby Wine three was years three or four years old. Three years old. Yeah. At that time. 
Yeah. So someone living in Uganda, if you are in primary school then and you are in primary school now, the same answer to the question, who is the president of Uganda, does not change. <laughs> that is crazy, man. Yeah. That is really crazy. And for the government to now shut down social media. This is before, of course, like two or three years ago, they had the social media task and um, tax. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you pay 20 shillings yeah, every yeah, month yeah. or something before you can use social media. What kind yeah, of... Yeah, they said... Uh, the Uganda thing is, well. this, this is the <laughs> fifth time. This is the fifth time they will be shutting down the internet. And wow. three of those times was were because of election. Like mm. whenever it's getting close to election like this, boom, everybody switch off lights. Nothing so there's like, a clear pattern there. Exactly. Yes, the last one that happened was in 2016. And mm. it was... They had to shut down... So is the, the, standard, is the internet still down? Emmanuel, is the internet and still down in Uganda? Because I see Bobby yeah, White tweeting. He's probably using a VPN yeah, I'm not, or Yes, he, 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 he actually tweeted the, the same day. The same day it was going mm. off. He tweeted. He was, he's using VPN. Yeah, so this this is looking like a trend. Like, it, no matter what the um, explanation is for shutting down the internet, it is very tantamount to censorship and cyberbullying at that. Mm. Yep. Because, yes, when, when, when you are depriving people of interaction on social media because of a major national event like that, mm. that the whole world has to be to be following through uh, user-generated mm-hmm. content online. Mm. And yes, you are shutting the whole mm-hmm. world out of it. Then you should have an ulterior motive mm-hmm. with no, that. that, that that's, so, a, that's, that a given. that's a given. So right now in Uganda, the internet has been restored. But social re- social media remains banned indefinitely, and I think uh, Uganda is having uh, diplomatic hmm. tensions with the US because of the whole social media ban and, of course, the perceived the US and their and never the yeah yeah. Media. So I think the, the whole com- told them that they should mind their business. <laughs> yeah, the whole conversation now is it's even two sided, right? Government banning social media on one hand, then social media. Uh, blocking accounts of government officials and even President Trump. I think that's another conversation entirely. Yeah, that is the, the whole idea of censorship yeah. versus moderation. Yes, there's no when, line. The there's line actually not that? line. No line. We, you can't draw the line because there, mm-hmm. there are activists fighting for that and then there is the government saying um social media is a, they, are, they are global companies and they cannot come and be running their na- their national issues um dragging their national issues with them so and the fact that they are actually operating in their country they have a level of you moderation the, the, yes they, they have about a, the companies themselves yes the country has a level of of, of moderation for whatever it is that um, their um, citizens are using. So they have that excuse that if this thing is not looking safe for our citizens, then we can moderate it. Then those tech giants are saying people that use our platforms, they have to obey some rules and all. So there's really no line because everybody will be proving a right. Mm. So Yeah, I get you. You're right. I have another question. So if, if social media is banned for now in Uganda, what happens to the revenue they are losing from the Social media tax, the, the, the tax that they charge you every day to use social media, which is very ridiculous, but <laughs> it's the government yeah. worried about losing So I think it's a small price to pay, <laughs> considering that they are going mm-hmm. to keep power for the next four years. <laughs> so they can ban social media while the, <laughs> while the tension is still high, you can just ban it for now. Then later in the year, they bring it back. So it's a small price to pay. Uh, collect social media tax now or lose power 
or stop it for now and get collect more <laughs> revenue. <laughs> Next point. Okay, if you love Africa, pray for Uganda. Pray for Ethiopia too. Pray for Africa. <laughs> <laughs> start stuff. Let's move away from start stuff. Let's move away from start stuff. Let's talk about good stuff happening. So startups raised like two startups announced raising this yeah. week. There's you lesson. The Edutech startup huge. from Nigeria, founded by the one and only oh, uh, Konga Diode, the founder Simshagaya, the serial entrepreneur who has exited like four, four. How many companies now? He exited Diode, although they are shut down. He exited Konga and he exited Emotion. Oh, it was at Emotion. The is, wow, the serial entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur. Yeah, it was now of emotion before it was so yeah, he left and but that, I don't know if I don't know if at the time it was sold last year, whether he was still no two years ago. I don't know if he, if he was still um a shareholder in the company, but the company was sold to Tinubu, Tinubu wow. son two wow. years ago. So yeah. Nice. Now he has launched he launched you lesson in 2019. Nice. It's an edutech startup that that you know. They say they, they take cater to K7 and K12. That's American parlance. I'm assuming that's JS1 to SS3 students. Mm-hmm. They have the curriculum in the app. It's an app. And then there's like a dongle you plug to it. So all the content is in that dongle. So you don't need to be online to... Mm. You, to when you order it, it, you order with the app and the dongle. And during and the pandemic, during the lockdown, is, so they, are, they also had the channel on DSTV. Where they... Uh, oh, yes. Very true. Yes. Very yes. True. Okay, before I get on my, ahead, of my, ahead of myself, the news is that they raised $7.5 million. In case you believe in under a rock. 7.5 million dollars. They raised $7.5 million. This, 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 this is coming like 14, it's coming like 14 months after they had raised 3.1. And so far, they've raised about $10 million. But yeah, so this $7.5 million was led by Owl Ventures. Owl Ventures is like a global VC fund. They're like, they're like the biggest VC fund for... Education tech, ed tech in, mm. in the world wow. with over 1.2 billion dollars in assets under their wow. management. Of Very course, um, TLCom, TLCom Capital that invested in the seed round 3.1 million um, in 2019 also invested here again in this seven, also took part in this round. They see prospects. TLCom, TLCom Capital is uh, affiliated with Omobala Johnson, former communication minister of Nigeria. She's like the general partner in okay. Nigeria and so she's on the board mm. and uh, someone else from TLCom is also on the board I don't know if I'm pronouncing it properly but now our ventures that led this 7.5 million round also has added someone to the board that's the managing director of our ventures Tori Patterson so they've all joined the board and I mean this is very good news because first of all the, the, the it's a very interesting innovation the fact that they make the curriculum from JS1 to JS1 to SS3 available for students offline. Mm-hmm. You know, you just plug in the term and you can watch. And they are very, very interactive videos that children can follow with animation and colors and all of that. Not those boring mm. classroom things. Right. And they've actually done some insane stuff. So, like, they have. They say they have. They claim that they have over five thousand animated video lessons, as well as thirty thousand quizzes and tests. Mm across mm. junior and secondary nice. school. And they did everything in the space of just one year. They they created all of this in the space of just one year. Like, mad numbers. And like it's not just in Nigeria. Crazy stuff. I think you lesson has responded to 
as as the services in some yeah. other West African countries. Um, yeah, they're expanding. They are expanding. Yeah, yeah. First of all, you know, they are using the West African curriculum. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that covers Nigeria, Ghana, Ghana. Sierra Leone, Liberia, nice. and Gambia. Mm-hmm. Right. But now they're also planning, with this $7.5 million that they've raised, they mm-hmm. want to now expand to East Africa East and Africa. South Africa. So, they have to include okay, so that's the, that's the plan. probably fresh translations. Yes. Yes. Mm. Probably. Uh, well, most of the French-speaking African countries are in West Africa. So, I'm assuming, I, I don't want to say what I don't know. Let me not say what I'm not sure of. Right. But it's very interesting. What I like is that, you know, um, U-Lesson is headquartered in Jos, Plateau State, where Sim Shagaya is from. That's where the tech team is. Although, they, I think I saw there are rumors or there is news that, that, that they yeah. moved out to, they've moved to Abuja. I, I don't know what happened there because that was actually good news that they were in Jos, which would bring opportunities around there. But anyway, now they are now in Abuja. Of course, they still have their office in Jos and they have the office in Lagos. But I like the fact that there is not really ex- exactly based in Lagos. Like, yes, Lagos is where maybe, where be, maybe the business happens. Mm-hmm. But they were, all, when they created all this content they created, it was in Jos. And now they are Abuja based. And they really, I think the COVID was like a blessing. COVID pandemic was like a blessing for them. They really, yes, yes, really yes. made a lot of uh, headway, gained a lot of traction during that period. Some, some um, rural areas to are using the. Their product, yeah. right? Yeah, those this are the people huge. that even need it most anyway because right. they don't have internet, but they may not have a television. Interesting, they may not have mm-hmm. a television. They may not have cable connection, but they will have yeah. a phone mm-hmm. where they can watch funny videos that they share. Among. So you get this kind of dongle across to them. They plug it in. They have everything they need, and they are learning. Whether or not their school is teaching them well. They can learn what they need to learn. It's, it's really schools are not and actually open. I like to see things so, like this. This is this is huge. Yeah, yeah schools yeah. just opened. Schools just opened um, this week, I think. Schools just opened this mm. week. Wow. So but for parents who already got this for their children, I'm sure the children are way ahead of their peers. Okay, so... And I'm open to see more. Mm. Yeah. yeah, the dongle, like that kind of feature, does it give room for interactive learning? Uh, so how do if the students have questions how do they how, ask how, them uh, how soon can they get feedback and all of that since it's not online I've I've never used the app I've never used the app so I can't really answer perfectly well but I know that there are quizzes and then you get feedback on what you got right what you got wrong what you should, how it, to work it mm. out and all of that I don't know if you can ask on the fly or on demand mm. questions and when I check the site, I've not seen, or maybe I've not been patient enough, I've not seen anything that explains mm. that, right? But, yeah, it's very interesting. I just... I'm uh, glad it's coming from also shared something on his, on, his, on his Medium page where he talked about, about, you know, the fact that, you know, they're trying to close this gap because Africa lacks a lot of teaching resources, right? But True. they believe that with what they're doing, they will be able to activate... A, a better learning experience and all of that. So I, I will put a link to what he said in Medium. But I think it's very interesting because this is education, which is very important. A very, a very huge pain point. In Africa. It's a very major, it's a very big pain point for Africa. So it's good to see education startups raising this kind of amount. I don't think we've seen any education tech startup raise this much. 
I don't think I correct me if I'm wrong. If you know, please, we would like to hear from you. But I don't think I've seen any edX that will raise as much as ten million dollars cumulative. So congratulations to Sim Shagaya, and we're hoping to see more of this. Also, a startup based in Ghana. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but it's O Z E. Is it Oze or Oze? They also Oze. Oze. They, they, they have uh this is yeah it's Oze, right? Or Oze. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. If you are if you are listening from Ghana, please come on. Although it doesn't seem like it's a Ghanaian name. Anyway. Anyway, so it's a fintech startup and they raised seven hundred thousand seed. Yes. What they do is they try to help African SMEs grow. I think that's what yes, they do, so yeah. So they, they 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 are mostly based in Ghana. They help small businesses in Ghana, yeah, parts of um, parts of Sub-Saharan mm-hmm. Africa to access capital. So they're like a credit credit uh, platform for businesses. Mm-hmm. They're using technology to power credit for businesses uh, to lend money, you know, get them capital. So it's very interesting to see things like yeah. this. But you know, it's fintech. It's fintech. fintech is like a darling of Africa. Mm-hmm. So right. Every time <laughs> funding, funding. Well, no, as, Excited eh, as you were. No offense tech. to the... <laughs> No offense to the co-founders, though. There's Ali. I think only one of the founders seems African. The others seem to be of European origin, or maybe they are based in Ghana. Dave Megan, Mnet, uh, yeah. Dave, but they, yeah, but yeah. No offense to them. I'm not saying what they're doing is not great, and it's very important. Of course, they are. They also have the power of the Google Launchpad network behind them. I think they, are, they were part of the Launchpad. So, but it's interesting. Um, so. I'm hoping that we can see. More. Of course, they are going to, they are going to expand, right? They say they have over five thousand mm. businesses on the platform. They're planning to expand. So they're planning to, to expand to, to Nigeria and South Africa now. They've been in Ghana all this while, so they want to expand to Nigeria and South Africa next year, not not, not this year, next year. So, yeah, congratulations to them, and we'll be looking forward to when they come to Nigeria and South mm. Africa. Let's move on to money. It's still fintech. It's still money. Yeah, money. <laughs> E-transactions <laughs> in 2020. Re- hit a record. Okay, yeah, it's that. pretty simple. Um, $415 billion worth of transactions. E-transactions in 2020. Wow. That's like a very, very wow. massive uh, growth from the previous year. So that's so, so when, uh, when you say e transactions, how do you break that down? What does that mean? Yeah, we're talking about POS, we're talking about uh, interbank transfers. I combine both uh, numbers together. So, uh, electronic transactions. So, I initially called them cashless transactions, but I realized that okay, that's uh, and I think um, you also pointed it out to me that okay, that might not be a it might not paint the full mm-hmm. picture of actual cashless transactions because a lot of people use yeah. POS transact uh, POS agents to get cash people transfer yeah, cash. people yeah. transfer money mm-hmm. to others to get cash so I've done that several times since I came to <laughs> this place so yeah. yeah it's but at least electronic transactions and interbank transactions are hitting a record high on different cash levels and of very- course the month of December we had quite a very very electronic Christmas a lot of transactions kept happening. Like I, I think on December twenty fifth and January first, I re- kept refreshing and I, the numbers kept increasing by a few hundreds, a few thousands at eleven fifty nine. So a lot of transactions kept happening. 
Oh, of course, this is Nigeria. I don't yeah, know if yeah. I mentioned that from the beginning. This is Nigeria. This is from yeah. Nigeria, right? From uh, yeah. Nigeria Interbank Settlement System. So it's it's a nice one and it's encouraging to see that uh, people are embracing well, e-payment channels. But, but it would be nice to know... I know Nibs doesn't track that and that's why there's a challenge. It would be nice to know how much of that is actually cashless transaction. And I mm. I suspect that a bulk of those numbers are people withdrawing mm. cash um, via POS mm-hmm. agents in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So people that are far from, especially in places outside Lagos yeah. or if where you guys are. Oh no, I think if it has quite a good number of... I've never used one. Like, yeah. yeah, people in rural areas and all that. I think I suspect a lot of, a bulk of that POS is people yeah, withdrawing cash. So I'm not sure it's that much to be happy about. Although it's also good news that the fact that, okay, POS agents are also being empowered because... So many people now they, they don't even have any jobs, so that's what they are doing, and they're able to lift their families out of poverty through that. So I, I guess and people don't have to really go to banks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, banks don't even want you, especially in this period where you should not mm. be crowding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think I think the fact that we're on lockdown mm. and the pandemic uh, kind of incentivized more people to use this POS agent. So it would have been nice to know mm. that exact number, but it doesn't seem that. Or does NIPS cover like and say, oh, these numbers are from people? No, no, it doesn't no. cover that. It just shows the number of terminals. But I, I think, I'll, yeah, I'll reach and out to the numbers to of some transactions. Of yeah, to see uh, how many. Yeah, what did you say? To even see how many merchants are accepting payments with POS and all of that, and those that are using they it to withdraw cash. I mean, for if you go to a typical shop in Lagos, you can buy stuff from them and still collect cash from them at the same time. So, it's it will be very very difficult to track. Mm. Yeah, a lot of shops to collect cash. Yeah, well, I I don't I don't really see. Uh, I think I we should be more careful, you know, following these numbers going forward. Okay. Try and give a bit more context around it, and if there's a way, I don't know, but we can't really get NIBS to do what they don't want to do. But I don't think it should be so hard for NIBS to be able to even say. Okay, this POS is, is is registered to a POS agent and identify which ones are which. I, I don't think it's that much. It will take that much to be able to track mm. all of that. So I don't know why they don't track that. Well, but yeah, that, anyway, still it, on that money matter. Sent this. Yeah, that reminds yeah, you me. Want to say CBN released a new framework for QR code payments. So you mu- if you if you use Zender to send stuff on your phone, you must have seen the, that barcode you used to connect phones together. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the QR payments are becoming a thing. So it's very, very fast. All you just need to scan the code and send money directly to the person you're paying. So that could be another way to boost cashless transactions in Nigeria. But of course. Okay, when you say CBN reduced, re- introduced a new framework, what does that mean? Because I know, for example, like uh, even though they've not mm. seen large scale use, platforms like Ayowo already yeah. use QR code. Mm. for payments and there was a pay with capture and all of that so when you say cbn is releasing a new framework is that like regulating. finally identifying that channel of payment and regulating it is that what it's about yeah that is it that is it they are recognizing the channel of payments and uh, they look at they see the potential to boost innovation and of course boost uh, cashless adoption so yeah it's the cbn finally regulating the use of qr payments uh, just like uh, they regulate the use of other payment channels uh, like the ATM and the rest okay. of them. So, yeah, QR. 
I, I don't see going that far though because uh, yeah, really always a smartphone, smartphone. Yeah, for KR payments and smartphone penetration is not that it's not that great in Nigeria. I can't remember the numbers, but it's not that great. Uh, yeah, and of well, course. Okay. Meanwhile, uh, yeah, don't forget. Yeah, uh, I think we discussed it last year. They released a draft for a regulatory sandbox for fintech companies. So it's just for you to come and test. And so I think they yeah. finally uh, updated it and finalized the arrangements for the sandbox. So you can check the article to find out more about the sandbox and the provisions. Yeah. Okay, that's good news. So any, anybody that is trying to start something in fintech, uh, play around the before they can you know, test out the product without having to spend money and all of that. That's that's yeah, that's any, good news. I don't think anybody will use it. Though. It's good to see things like that. Yeah, but still on the on the side of regulation, there's one that seems to be like bad news. Um, targeting investment apps, apps that let you mm. buy US stock and Nigerian stock. That before now was very hard for millennials mm. and young people. Tech savvy people to do, and, and now the Nigerian Securities Exchange is trying to regulate that. What's happening? Okay, so yeah, I think it was December 20th, or yeah, December 20th, the Securities and Exchange Commission released a statement, and they're saying that uh, Nigeria's Investment and Securities Tribunal has restricted Chaka Technologies. Chaka is one of those platforms we use to buy US stocks and Nigerian stocks. So they said they are restricting even Chinese stocks. Ch- yeah, even Chinese stocks too. So they said they are restricting Chaka from offering securities or trading securities or uh, having securities on their platform because they are not regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission. And ironically, they said this is meant to boost innovation in the sector and, <laughs> and make sure <laughs> unscrupulous <laughs> elements oh, supposed to work <laughs> so to make sure unscrupulous elements do not Bo- take advantage of this innovation but what was weird is like us i saw that article on my google feed and i called chaka ceo tosi Osibudu, and he said he just saw it too like all of us <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't even, they didn't even so inform they didn't, them. They didn't even invite no, them to it's the very weird. And it's a, it it's was so a crazy. court order. And the person you are restricting was not even dead to even know what's going on. You just was not set for. Or, or defend himself. But you know what is interesting? When you say, when they are saying Chaka or is it true also? The ones that, it seems they are targeting only the ones that they're have targeting, Nigerian They're targeting everybody. In fact, so, so bamboo that because have, the okay. statement they made in the uh, the press release was Chaka offers stocks in Amazon, Alibaba, Apple, which are not Nigerian stocks. So I think okay, but yeah. this is the question: when they say they are they want to regulate, they are not regulated. I don't understand because, for example, now um, Chaka is using CitiSav, a recognized, regulated, and uh, mm. what's the word now? Should I say legally licensed? Broker, uh, yeah, platform broker, exactly. That's what Chaka yeah. is partner with. Partner with, and for US stock, drive world. I can't remember the exact yeah. name of the ones, drive world capital, yeah, drive world, and a couple of other ones. So, if those ones are already regulated, and it's just like it's just like a piggy base, for example, that runs mm-hmm. savings, right? And they have a microfinance license because they at first they were partnered mm-hmm. with the microfinance bank mm-hmm. that allowed them to operate, and then they acquired the microfinance bank, and now they are good. So, why does Seek have to disturb itself? When they are already 
partnering with CitySafe that is mm-hmm. recognized and licensed. I don't understand so what's going the, on. So the thing is, it's a very, very, it's a very gray area in the sec role. So uh, Chaka is saying what they do, they don't offer investment advice and they don't advertise stocks. But sec is saying mm-hmm. what you guys are doing is advertising stocks to Nigerians. So that's okay. and the rule is you can't advertise apart from brokerage which is what city investment capital does the you can't just advertise stocks mm-hmm. to nigerians just like that i don't know we've you rarely see uh all these uh stock brokers coming to tell you oh come and buy mtn stocks or come and buy uh gt bank stocks you rarely see that mm-hmm. because yeah there are a lot of gray areas around that so just to even advertise it to Nigerians alone, uh, you can buy on Alibaba, you can buy this, you can buy that. And of course, you see the ads on different places that, oh, you are showing Nigerians that you are capable of investing in the stock market. Then they say they don't offer indirect advice. I mean, they don't offer investment advice to... Direct? Yes. They have yes, that disclaimer on the app. There are a lot of news articles on the app to help inform your decision. So written by no, the company. Not, most sometimes they are written by the company, but most times they, they I think they use a feed to auto generate those yeah. news platform uh, those news updates on those uh, stocks you want to buy. So in a way the sec could say that could be investment advice because it's Nigerian law and it has very very weird interpretations. And of course, you could say they are advertising stocks to Nigerians. So, from an investment protection perspective, these guys probably should not even be offering mm. both US or Nigerian or Chinese stocks to Nigerians without regulation. Oh, so, but, crazy stuff. Anyway, I think the problem is the major problem here is always regulation chasing innovation. And the truth is, if these guys had waited to first start discussing with the regulators, they may not have been mm. able to launch. So, yeah, but I think I, I don't know. It's about figuring out the Tossing of Chaka was actually showing his surprise because he claims that he has a very, very good relationship with the SEC and he does not know where the whole thing is coming from. coming from. So it's... Nigerian governments, African governments, always They just wake up and get on your matter. Maybe the person at the head of the affairs or whatever... The head of the department that maybe probably mm. supervises that maybe changed and the, the new person has come and there is no you know how government mm. is don't in pass a, they don't pass a no trust information. Of, yeah, so uh, sad stuff. Well we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. be watching we'll be watching I think and before we'll I forget that, uh, sorry. Uh, we, you have to follow this very well because <laughs> a lot of us have a uh, stock. <laughs> we have stock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have yeah. yeah. Before I forget <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, last week was supposed to be when they will meet again for a full court decision at the investment tribunal. That was, that was last week, Friday, on the 15th. So, I reached out to Chaka, I reached out to SEC. There's, SEC did not reply, of course, but Chaka said they have not received any updates <laughs> yet, which is also weird. Said, like, you had a meeting to decide someone's fate and the person still... <laughs> <laughs> But it's fine, it's fine. We'll be all right. Nigerian we'll government. Be all right. Anyway, so well, it's been it's been quite a long episode today, but we, yeah, it's the first episode of the year, so we have to just there are so much to update you on. There's even so much more, but we skipped all of that. But we're going to put links to everything we've talked about and even the ones we didn't talk about. about. So for example, we have um a lot of stories like 
the one that Nifemi wrote, how tech solutions can help speed up access to COVID vaccines in Africa. Um, we also have tech policies to watch out for. I mean, we've talked about this mm. second one now, for example. Okay. Tech policies to watch out for in 2021. So if you are trying to launch a startup now, you need to check the article to know whether some policies are going to affect you. What tools you can um, step We on. also have Flutter. Flutter is still YC's most valuable. No pay stack. So okay. YC always every year, <laughs> yeah, YC every year always releases his most valuable startups from his portfolio. And surprise, surprise, Paystack, Paystack is not there. Paystack that was acquired for $200 million. Because the list involves, the list includes every startup that is valued above mm. $150 million. Mm. And the only African startup on that list is Flutterwave. Last year and this year. Maybe they have not um, updated no, tw- it. 2019 and 2020. And Paystack is not there. Very, very weird. Check that out. We also have fintech predictions for 2021. So if you're playing in fintech or planning to, mm. watch out for that. Um, of course, mm. crypto. Nigerians traded over over $400 million worth of crypto in 2020. Yeah, Nigerians are going room. crazy with this thing. Oof. And that's why, that's why Emmanuel is... Currency you have your digital yeah, it's coming up. My currency summit. Do a, do a quick plug-in. Uh, the Digital Currency Summit, if you recall, it was originally scheduled to hold on January 27th, but now it's be holding on March 25th, uh, 2021. We want you to be able to network and get the best value in a safe environment. I mean, the COVID-19 pandemic is, is still very much raging out there. And uh, by March, uh, we're hoping things will be a little bit more saner than it is right now. And... Uh, by March 25th, mm-hmm. uh, we'll be hosting the biggest and the brightest mind in crypto like you must have heard before. And of course, we'll be discussing topics like this crypto regulation, uh, uh, fundraising for crypto, and a whole lot of other marketing topics. And of course, we're going to have a very, very solid speaker lineup. So don't miss out on this. Go to currency.techpoint.africa and grab your tickets now. Of course, there are limited spaces available. Yep, limited spaces. So We'll put the link also in the episode notes or description wherever you're listening from. Currency.tech.africa. We also have some old, old stories from last year. Game-changing tech policies of 2020. The most memorable tech moments of 2020. And then Africa's uh, trade agreement. How it will affect startups. We so many things that we need again. to update you with. Because it's been so long. You know, when, you, when you've not seen your, your best friend for a while. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so we just, we, just gave you, we just gave you a condensed edition of that. So we're going to put the links to every of this. There'll be a link where you can see every of these articles and even the ones we talked about. Read yourself to stupor. In the episode notes. Yeah. <laughs> and if you are a very regular listener, our fans, they will know you, we know you. <laughs> uh, you may have noticed that we are recording remotely, actually. So Imanel and Nifemi mm. are in Ife. They moved to Ife. If you, if you read our first post of the year where I wrote, we said we are going remote fully. So, Imanel and Nifemi have decided to move to Ife where cost of living is Lower, much better. And standard and quality now. of life yeah. is much better than Lagos. <laughs> yeah, I am, mm. here, I am here in Lagos. But thankfully, even though we are recording remotely, our sound is not that bad. Glory. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> I, would, I would have put the link to the gear in the episode notes, but the sad thing is that uh, you won't be able to order it directly to Nigeria. Maybe you will. Okay, but I want to make money from it. Uh-huh. So, we have to put Amazon affiliate links. Maybe we'll do that next time. <laughs> we'll put links to what we're using to our setup. Yeah, so, it's been it's been a good one. And we're back. So, listen every week. Don't forget, every week, every Friday, we release the episode. And share, 
Emmanuel, tell them. Of course, yeah. Don't forget, you can get this. Yeah, if you're listening for the first time, you can get this podcast on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and of course anywhere else you get your podcast. Of course, we're not on SoundCloud anymore so for new episodes check out those uh, platforms i just mentioned and of course you can go to podcasts.techpoint.africa and uh, also don't forget our sister podcast uh, built in africa where we highlight the yep. best and uh, the most inspiring stories from of startups and founders in africa and uh, of course you can go to beautyin.africa to get a lot of amazing episodes and of course yeah, they're very, very amazing, amazing episodes. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that, Emmanuel. So, yeah, don't forget podcast.techpoint.africa if you don't like apps, but if you like the podcast apps, there's Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, iArts, Spotify, like I said, and Built in Africa too. Also, listen and subscribe mm. to both of them. Share, like, drop a review, please. It yeah. helps us. Scatter Thank the, you very scatter much. the like button and share, 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 share. New family, parting words. Parting word. Uh, everyone stay safe. We have legit entered into the second wave of COVID-19. So, please stay safe. Yep. If you must go out, use your face masks, avoid, avoid crowded areas, wash your hands, use hand sanitizer, and just stay safe for the sake of yourself and your family. Thanks for that, Ifemi. Stay safe. And uh, I guess this is what Bye. Out. Bye. Bye. Bye.